It's Monday, May 6th, and this is TikTok. A big hello to all of our listeners. I'm Andrew Mock, and this is your TikTok podcast with all the global news you need to know. Today, a major warning for humanity from the United Nations. More than one million species face extinction as the environment is now, quote, in the worst shape in human history. That's the top line from an 1,800-page report authored by 450 researchers focusing on the planet's biodiversity crisis. A summary of the report's findings was released today in Paris. Officials there said humans are to blame for the problem, and it's the strongest call yet to reverse the environmental trends. Life on Earth is deteriorating fast worldwide, and virtually all indicators of the global state of nature are decreasing. It's about biomes, it's about ecosystems, it's about species, varieties, and breeds. Joining me now to dive into this report and its grim conclusions is Rebecca Shaw. She's the chief scientist of the Global Network of the World Wildlife Fund in Washington, D.C. Rebecca, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here. So this is the U.N.'s first comprehensive report on biodiversity, and it outlines a lot of the ways humans are reducing the variety of living species on the Earth. It mentions things like deforestation, overfishing, fossil fuels, pollution, invasive species. I wonder what to you, to start off with, is the most dire takeaway from the report today? First of all, that we're losing species at an ever-increasing rate around the globe. One million animal and plant species are now threatened with extinction within decades, more than any other time in human history. Even more significant is that those species together uh, make the ecosystems of the world, the forests, the grasslands, the coral reefs around the world that actually contribute to people's health and well-being in ways that many of us didn't even realize before this report. Uh, and the health of the, those ecosystems is eroding the very foundations of our economies, our food security, and human health. It, it's frightening when we think about this vast array of benefits and what we're losing. For example, we're losing healthy soil that produces an abundant supply of nutritious food. We're losing intact forests that clean the air by pulling carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and return the oxygen we breathe. We're also losing wetlands that filter water so that it's drinkable by communities of people everywhere. And we're losing coral reefs and other ocean systems that produce an abundance of fish for consumption by people that, that supplies important nutrients and vitamins. And all being destroyed by our careless activities and our lack of attention to the degree to which humanity relies on uh, intact natural ecosystems. So the key word in this report here is biodiversity. What countries are seeing the worst effects of the lack of biodiversity? What we're finding is that these impacts are seen across the globe, and the direct drivers of change are land use and sea change, direct exploitation of that land through, uh, say, uh, harvesting of natural resources, uh, through um, the climate change and pollution. But the, but the real impacts when you're talking about human health and well-being are being felt uh, by the most vulnerable people on the planet. So many people in the global south, in the developing countries that are living in urban environments that do not have the access to uh, resources that, say, the, the wealthier nations of the north have. And I think that's really important to point out because I think when you, you see there's been a, a big UN report on biodiversity or the environment, it's easy to dismiss this as a plight of plants and animals. 
But in fact, this is something that is connected all the way up to humans and, and also caused by humans. And often those, those people who are most vulnerable and will be most impacted are not the people who are actually caused the dramatic changes on the planet. They are the victims of the kinds of change that we're seeing and have less capacity than, say, the rest of us do to actually change uh, the trajectory and to create a sustainable planet by the end of the century. The report says it's not too late to fix this problem. What are some ways it suggests humans go about doing that? know how to do this. The knowledge is there, but we need to move to more direct implementation at larger scales than we ever have before to confront the root cause of the change from our production and consumption pathways. We have done this in the past, uh, things like expanding protected areas to make sure that we're conserving species to uh, implement restoration practices that restore lands, seas, and waters so that they can continue to provide the benefits that people need. We can change our production patterns, you know, particularly the production of food, so that it's more sustainable. We know how to do that. This isn't uh, rocket science, but these methods need to be uh, brought to bear at a much larger scale. And I think this is fundamental. We need to change the narrative that links quality of life with rampant material consumption. It just so happens that people aren't happier when they're buying more things, and that buying more things and the producing more things actually is creating um, very dangerous, dangerous um, uh, consequences on a global scale. And we absolutely don't need that to have a happy and healthy life. I want to say something that I think a lot of our listeners may be thinking to themselves, which is that calls to be more environmentally friendly or limit climate change in some way are are really nothing new. It seems like we hear prominent voices all the time speaking out about it. Obviously, the climate is a huge uh, platform for a lot of candidates running for president in 2020. I wonder if you think there are governments around the world or which governments around the world are actually taking that call seriously. I think there are a number that are taking it seriously, certainly climate. And we saw that from the Paris Agreement. It's phenomenal how much evidence was brought to bear uh, to create a global agreement to tackle climate change that was really serious. We have I haven't seen that same kind of focus on biodiversity and the protection of nature's contributions to people. But I think that what's uh, really important to recognize about these two types of global issues that we are calling for the governments around the world to address, governments are paying more attention because the communities are hurting more. In, in every uh, country on the planet, particularly in the global south. You can imagine that the countries in the south are going to be the uh, greatest champions of this agenda and calling for all countries of the world to take it seriously, to change the trajectory. And again, I want to say we can do this. We know how to do it. We have to do it in a more uh, systematic way and at greater scales than we ever have been before. And I want to ask about that trajectory. I mean, how do you see this issue, particularly of biodiversity, moving forward? Do you think we're going to get to a point where we can actually make progress on this or where governments will take it more seriously? One of the things that I find very hopeful in the activity running up to the release of this report today is 
it's not happening in isolation. And there are um, many financial institutions and food companies. The private sector is engaged in these conversations and is beginning to do their own reports to better understand the impacts to uh, their bottom line. But I also find it incredibly hopeful that the youth of of the planet is paying attention in ways they haven't before. They're using social media to actually promote the sustainability ideas that the report talks about. And so I I think that um, we've uh, increased the pace and scale of destruction on the planet in the last 20 years with the globalization. I think that globalization is also the key to the solution to a sustainable planet in 2050. All right. Rebecca Shaw, chief scientist of the Global Network of the World Wildlife Fund. Thanks for speaking with me today. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to be here with you today. It was a pleasure. Turning now to other news of the day, here's what's happening. It's a boy for Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. The Duchess of Sussex gave birth to a baby weighing 7 pounds 3 ounces earlier today. The couple announced Markle's pregnancy in October but kept the baby's sex and due date under wraps. The baby, whose name has not yet been announced, is seventh in line for the throne, but it's uncertain he will get a royal title. Prince Harry spoke to reporters outside the hospital today. It's been the most amazing experience I could ever um, possibly imagine. Um, how any woman does what they do is beyond comprehension, but we're both absolutely thrilled um, and so grateful to all the love and support for everybody out there. Michael Cohen, President Trump's former attorney, reported to prison today to begin his three-year sentence for violating campaign finance laws and lying to Congress. He said he committed the crimes to protect Trump. He will serve his time at the minimum security federal correctional institution in Otisville, New York. Forbes has called it one of America's 10 cushiest prisons with amenities including tennis courts, horseshoes, and bocce ball. This was his last public statement before beginning the sentence. Hold on, Michael, my family and friends that the country will be in a place without xenophobia, injustice, and lies at the helm of our country. There still remains much to be told, and I look forward to the day that I can share the truth. And finally, Attorney General William Barr did not meet the House Judiciary Committee's Monday morning deadline for turning over an unredacted version of Special Counsel Robert Mueller's report on his investigation into 2016 Russian election interference. As a result, Congress on Wednesday will consider a content citation against Barr, who did not attend a scheduled hearing before the Judiciary Committee last Thursday. House Judiciary Committee Chair Gerald Nadler said Barr's failure to comply with the requests leaves Congress with, quote, no choice but to initiate contempt proceedings. That's your TikTok update for Monday. You can learn more about all of these stories everywhere we are. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and check us out on Instagram at TikTok. Thanks for listening. I'm Andrew Mock, and be sure to download the TikTok podcast every day for all the global news you need to know.